0: Just Being Honest, the JBH Podcast. Let's rock this true food full thought. Today's episode is primarily about training yourself for life. It's about preparing your mind to practice a lifestyle that will benefit you and your journey to benefit your whole body. It's about transforming that body into tip-top shape for any sort of race. Now, what I'm talking about is the race of life. You know, our guest today, he's a superhuman. I'm not going to lie. He drinks raw water, runs 100 miles. and Guys, he mentions he doesn't even have to really train for it you know it goes back to not putting a price tag on your health whatever you do it's about setting intentions to where you want to go this is exactly what he does and this is what he breeds to others he transforms executives into You know, industry gurus. And I want to say guru lightly, but I want to say that he's parlaying a change, a shift in these top level executives to have a profound effect on everyone below. All right? Stick with me. You're not going to want to miss our guest today because it's gonna teach you one very important thing. Yeah, you can be a superhuman just like him. You can do all these things. But the most important thing is learning, learning how to balance, learning how to truly balance, to transform your life into one of health, gratitude, and peace. So, join me on this path. <sighs> I'm just being honest. Here we go. Hi, guys. Um, KB here. This is the Just Being Honest podcast. Welcome to my world of health, nutrition, Mental awareness, body awareness, just being honest. So, today we have a really special guest. I'm looking at him square in the eyes right now. <sighs> Guys, we've got Tommy Cassano on the podcast. Do you know who Tommy Cassano is? Well, let me tell you before he introduces himself, because he could probably, you know, explain a lot more. In depth than uh, what I could say but what I know Tommy is he is like a super endurance athlete okay let me back up how I met Tommy (sighs) little me if you know me I, I run I swim I go for walks I walk dogs I do yoga I do yoga I walked into a gym one day It was Monday morning, 6 a.m., cold, blistery outside. Yes, in Southern California, it was cold and blistery. Um, Blistery, blustery, whatever you want to call it. I went to this gym called Beastie. And if you tune into my Instagram, yeah, you saw the results of that. I was worn out, folks. So I walked into this gym. It's spray painted with all these medical mantras, kettlebells, is that how you say it? Kettlebells? Kettlebells, yeah. Kettlebells. Kettlebells, TRX, thingy-bob-bobbers, um, medicine balls. I mean, I was out of my element. I gave myself a chance um, and Tommy was there leaving the group and he was nothing but supportive of my first time trial of this Different type of workout. So, without further ado, I'm introducing Mr. Tommy Cassano. He's Italian because he says his name Cassano. I love it. I love how he says his last name. Um, He's a trainer for the elite. He is, as I said, an endurance athlete. He is a life coach. He is a health aficionado. He is what are you not?
1: I don't know it's a good question
0: scuba diver yeah I don't do scuba (laughs) Uh, Tommy introduce yourself
1: yes I'm uh, Tommy Cassano here in Manhattan Beach California kind of came from the east coast from Jersey but been all over the place and I would say my specialty is just being a fitness nutrition and health expert all around I do ultra trail races hundred mile races in the mountains um, I've been passionate about that the past few years. Uh, my training in regards to actual working out, whether it's for you know ultra trail running or just myself, really stems from an early age of working out before grade school with my brother and my dad getting us up at you know five six a.m. when I was at the age of six seven years old. So kind of inherited my blood has been health and nutrition from a very early age. Played college football. And Mm -hmm. then afterwards, I was in the corporate world for five years. We can get into that. But I've always been passionate about health and fitness and trained people on the side during that span. Then I moved to Arizona. I owned a wine import distribution company, but ran gyms on the side also. So I was, once again, always in health and fitness, always running outside, running in the mountains, uh, doing extracurricular activities. And everything I did for fun was centered around fitness and health and nutrition and then I moved out here to L.A. Uh, roughly about five years ago and started running the gym. Now I own it with a partner. Um, that's just kind of one of my aspects, but I do a lot of elite athletes, uh, Rebecca Soni, Maria Sharapova in the area. Besides that, I do a lot of executives do corporate wellness speaking. I've implemented and really passionate about my online a detox program and I do it locally dedicated detox, but it's really a wellness program Which really instills habits and accountability in people's lives to get them on track um, Yeah, I have some races coming up uh, 100 mile races in the mountains like I said, that's my true passion in regards to physical fitness and really testing the limits for My mind so as a brief introduction, that's an overall where I'm from where I'm at now We can get into depth, but yeah that's where I am right now.
0: That's Tommy. Um, I love it. I'm like literally looking at him. My eyes were just like getting bigger and bigger and bigger as he introduced himself and, you know, just telling that, you know, his background even. Um, when do you sleep? At, How, at night. At night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I mean, I, I tell my clients the best. And it's, it's hard for me too. And I'm sure you know this, being in industry, uh, you know, you really should be going to sleep in regards to our circadian rhythm. So, you know, the best time to sleep is roughly 9, 10 to 2 a.m. are the key hours for REM sleep, you know, rapid eye movement, getting in that deep sleep for recovery. So I try and make it a point to go to bed before 10, especially waking up sometimes at 4.30 a.m. So the goal for me essentially is if I can get, it used to be actually like five hours, but now I've bumped it up to like six and a half, seven hours. Is like my perfect niche and as I grow older, you know, I'm not my, you know, early mid twenties in the twenties anymore, sleep is just so important for all fat facets of life. Yeah. Not just recovery, for mental clarity, for metabolism, burning fat. I know when I don't get enough sleep I I wake up a little puffy mm-hmm. and I just don't feel right. I can't really get my engine running and my organs aren't working properly. So that's one you know we talked about biohacking a little bit before we got on but that's like that's like number one is biohacking your own sleep
0: yeah um let's just jump into the sleep thing because um i'm a big sleep baby when i was little my mom actually would tell me that i would ask her to take a nap um and i would say mom can i just go take my nap now um i'm i'm a big sleep you know, advocate. Um, I I go to bed, literally. I prepare for sleep at like 8.20. I start preparing for sleep at night, yeah. guys. 8.20 <laughs> p.m. Um, and then I want my lights out at least by 9. 9.15, 9.30 at the latest. I wake up just like Tommy does. When you wake up at 4.30 in the morning... Um, it's yeah, it's your circadian rhythm. You've got to get it like on par. Um, what are some things, being an athlete, an endurance athlete, what are some things that you do to set you, yourself up for a good recovery sleep? Because you're working out, you're running ultras, um, which we will definitely get into, but um, how do you prepare yourself um, after, you know, having so much stimulation? Maybe in your mind from thinking about client work or even just running around all day, we know that what that can do to your body—that can create um, a prolonged onset zing. I want to say. For sure. Um, how do you prepare yourself for a good recovery sleep?
1: Absolutely, and every day is a little bit different. But I'll, I'll, I'll start with the pre-benchmarks for sleeping. That really starts when you wake up, and that's meditation, which I'm sure we'll get into. And you know, I took a meditation intensive course. I believe it was over three years ago with a guy named Light Watkins, who's just, you know, he's killing it right now because he's amazing, he's true to the whole philosophy of meditation, he's an amazing teacher, he's got a couple books out there, but I learned from him over three years ago, and it's hard, Meditation is hard, it's off and on, but really starting off your day in the morning by de-stressing your day before it gets out of hand, so, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you're stressed out thinking about money, work, relationships, whatever it may be, that's gonna carry on till the end of the day, till you go to bed. And what happens, you lay down, you're thinking about what you thought about first thing in the morning. So one of my first benchmarks is incorporating mindfulness and getting your mind decluttered from stress. So leading up to that, that's just you know one of many benchmarks and every day is completely different. But I would say going on towards the night in preparation for bed is not eating Two hours before you lay down, obviously, you know, digestive system takes a while to rest and get everything through. Um, it's going to be working in the middle of the night also, but not going and not eating prior, right before bed. Um, and if you are eating and knowing you're going to bed, maybe you're uh, taking a little walk, five ten minute walk after your dinner to help digest that food. Um, then prior. Ongoing, I mean, there, there's some supplements out there, natural melatonin, tart cherry juice, which I implement in my detox programs, and you know, kind of teach people how to use it properly. Um, it's the highest, most potent form of melatonin out there, um, I think, in the world, actually, tar- concentrated tart cherry juice. Um, and then, you know, really before bed, it's uh, a little bit of journaling, mindfulness. There's some really good books out there. Was it the five minute uh, journal, or if I'm saying oh. that.
0: Is it a passion journal? Passion.
1: There's passion journal. I have that, and then there's another one, the gratitude journal. Okay. Yeah, that's really good. This, you know, asking yourself what you're grateful for instead Mm. of asking yourself all the worries and distressing stressing out over whatever it may be before you go to bed. Um, But that are kind of more on a mental note and digestive note in regards to your actual room. um, I've done a couple live videos and you know teach my clients is versus blackout. Your room's got to be completely blackout. out. No LEDs, no alarm clocks. And I forget what book I read, but there's like the invention of the alarm clock is probably the worst thing we've ever done for humans. Because what it is, it's bright red lights. So when you're in your bed and, you know, your eyes are closed, those infrared rays from, uh, you know, that light is still shining through. It's like you don't want anything lit up in your room, whether it's from computer, have it all unplugged. Um, so I definitely make sure that's like my number one check is try and have a blackout room. Temperature, uh, scientifically proven 68 degrees is the perfect temperature for sleeping. Now give or take, you know, eight degrees up and down. But, you know, if you're kind of in that 70 degree, 65 degree range, it's optimized for sleep. So making sure it's not absolutely freezing and not absolutely hot. So, um, yeah, there's some really good benchmarks. Uh, Oscillation, so also proven that, you know, there's a lot of humidifiers and all these things that we like to use for our rooms, whatever it may be. Just a regular good old fan is the best thing for actual circulation in your room, whatever fan it may be. And uh, that's really important. You don't want to be breathing in stagnant air all night because it does affect your sleep. So I personally have always slept with a fan. I like the noise, too. It just calms me down when it's just absolute dead silence. I know I kind of start thinking thoughts that are going to prevent me from falling asleep right away. But the fan and the oscillation of the fan between the air and the noise, it's just always been almost like a natural distressor for me. But at the end of the day, for me, when I am going to bed, I literally lay my head down and it's lights out.
0: (laughs) I if you swear. know anyone
1: that knows me, like, if they're <laughs> around me at night, after 8, probably, like, 7.30, 8 p.m., I turn into a pumpkin.
0: No, no, seriously. Like, I tell people, people, like, laugh at me. They're, like, and this is, like, all reality. People are, like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I could I could meet you for dinner at, like, maybe 8.30. So, I'm, like, uh, I can't. You know, I'm yeah. I'm a grandma. Like, and, you know, I probably go to bed earlier than grandmas. So, you know, I'm, like, I'm sorry, but, like, I I'm a kind of like a day person, (laughs) you know, it's the same thing. And with the whole sleep factor, I've taken on, um, a new, um, practice of going to bed, you know, with my hours that I do sleep, I, um, have found so much more benefit with that. If I don't get enough hours of sleep, I am a crab apple. I wake up, you know, I live with two roommates right now and I am like, just don't talk like just just stop it, you know. 100%. And, exactly. Yeah. I sleep with the, I sleep with a fan on. I sleep with a face mask now. Oh, I there sleep you with earplugs. These like gummy little earplugs. I have my blinds are totally blacked out. Um, my phone is on airplane mode because my phone is actually my alarm clock. Wi
1: Fi, yeah. Yeah, turn but I Wi Fi. I
0: turn it on airplane mode. Um, also, in case I have to look at the time, which I don't know why I have to look at the time in the middle of the night, but um, I don't know why I do that. Anyways, <laughs> so um yeah, I turned on airplane mode because I, I used to not and I would see like a text and I would be like, what? What does that say? Or the Wall Street Journal would like chime in or something. Pop up. Yeah, I don't want to see what Trump's doing. I'm sorry. Um okay, so those are some great sleep tips. Um and so moving on from that, I want to talk about your meditation because you Start your day off with meditation, but you sometimes have to be at a location ready to rock and roll at 5 a.m., shining like a bright light to motivate people, mm-hmm. um, to work out, literally like bust their buttons um, no matter the weather outside, whether it's like super windy, whatever. Um So you wake up at 4 40, as you said, 4 30, 440. Yeah, What's your meditation practice? Can you take us through it? How long is is it? And what is your belief for um, meditation as in regards to, do you believe you have to create your own system?
1: Yeah, I guess we'll start off with that is, and I tell everyone there's no perfect, there's no right or wrong meditation. It's whatever works for you. And one day might be different from the next, but consistency and kind of, once you kind of feel and develop what's right, that's what you should go with. So obviously quiet, you know, you don't want any distractions or noises and being comfortable. Most people think, or a lot of people think you have to be in this Zen position, legs cross, spine upright. And yes, that is one of the perfect positions for accepting, you know, the spirit of meditation and getting into that realm, but you really should be comfortable. And I learned this from... You know, my my coach, like, Watkins, is this, you know, if you look at me now, obviously you guys can't see me, but you can have your shoulders kind of hunched over. It's good to lean against a wall, be comfortable, pillows, blankets. So that's number one. You want to be comfortable. If you have a little bit of tension in your hips, knees, shoulders, if you're meditating, guess what? You're just going to be thinking about that tension and why does your hips hurt the entire time. So number one is getting comfortable. Um, Number two is not being afraid of the apps, uh, whether it's, I use 10% Happier a lot.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. Dan Harris it's a
1: really good app and they have you know anywhere from five one minute to you know hour Meditations and then obviously you have the have a brain fart right now headspace headspace. Yes. Thank you headspace is great I've used that before I just have tend to use 10% happier and it works well with my uh, Detox clients because it has the 8 10 15 and I kind of do a progressive scale when I teach people how to do it It's just easy. There's also you know, you can just go on YouTube and there's great meditation, just learning tactics. But for me personally, um, once again, scientifically proven to get the full benefits of meditation, minimum eight minutes. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I wake up in the morning, for or 5 a.m. class, I make sure my meditation, which typically is, it's only eight minutes long. Um, I've learned 20 minutes is really the benchmark because think about it. Um, you know first one two minutes you're kind of creating that chaos in your mind you have so many thoughts and then it takes a while to really get down into it and really uh you know I like to say just zen out and get in your own space and your own meditation some people that have are experienced in it it's a lot quicker than others but 20 minutes is kind of the benchmark for me first thing in the morning and then mid late afternoon if I can get another one in so twice a day are the they're kind of the two best times but for me it's Wake up in the morning. I know typically I have to go to the bathroom, so i go to the bathroom <laughs> right away. Meditation so empty out and then not drink any water or anything. You want to go right into meditation because if you start doing something, you're not going to meditate. It's just, it's just a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. You know, if I start going to the kitchen, I start looking at my phone, I pull my computer out because I'm worried or I'm thinking about something going on, I'm not going to meditate. So... If I don't have to go to the bathroom, I'll just sit upright in my bed and just get right to it, roughly eight minutes long. And, you know, sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes I'm thinking about one thing the entire time, and it changes every single day. The thing is, that is meditation. It's, it's bringing that chaos in. It's not getting worried. And people, I like all my clients are like, I'm thinking too much when I'm, I try to meditate. I'm thinking too much about work or family. I'm like, that's great. Guess what? That's meditation. Because if you didn't think about it at that moment, that point in time, you're going to be thinking about it the entire day and you're not going to be focused on what matters most and what's important. So it's creating that chaos in your mind and slowly maturely decluttering it, um, you know, dissipating it back into your subconscious slowly and slowly till you can really get into your inner true self mm-hmm. and really dig down deep during your meditations. And it might take a week, it might take a year, it might take five years till you get to that point. But if you constantly practice and consistently see it will happen eventually. And another fact, I I always tell people this, and once again from my uh, from Light Watkins, my coach, I remember him saying in a key point, on average, Americans, Westerners, we are sleep deprived roughly two years. So oh my God. Two years sleep deprived, all of us think about that for a second. So how are we gonna get that back? We're not gonna sleep more. We gotta meditate. So when you meditate, I think it's like roughly twenty minutes, um I think, I don't know if it's twice a day or once a day, but you roughly get four hours back when you start meditating. Right. So
0: You know as much as I do, because you do a little bit of yoga, right? Yeah, I do okay. Yoga too. Okay, so <laughs> for instance, true story, guys. Uh, yesterday, I was a little bit of a mess. I was just, I don't, I don't know what was going on, but you know you have those days and you're just kind of like, you just feel like you hit a wall. And I went with a girlfriend to a yoga class in the evening. I literally best Shavasana I have ever had maybe it was because my tank top said I am just here for the Shavasana which I think I was but my Shavasana I I think I was out like I was conscious but I was unconscious do you know what I mean? Did and you cry? Was, I I think I almost did probably but I was the tingly like
1: oh yeah the emotions
0: the tingly comforting just I'm just feel awesome right here just magical and and later that night, there, I went home and I was just like, "Wow, I feel fresh. I feel alive." And I was ready for a good night's rest the next night, and I slept like a baby. That's the best. Um, but with that, I love that you say that you meditate for eight minutes because I don't know if you know this, but so you know, Chinese New Year this year, year of the dog, they're <laughs> talking about the number eight and how magical wow. and special that I number that. is. There it's a go. very lucky Look number. At that. So your
1: universe says once yes, again, coincided. universe is
0: speaking to you. Um, and then I, the twice a day meditation. I think I heard like I think he was on a, someone else's podcast recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember whose. Um, maybe it was Sean Stevenson. Yeah. Who talks about sleep a lot? Yeah, for sure. Model show. But he was talking about the twice daily meditation, um, and. And how that really is beneficial. I think the midday meditation. And, and folks, if you practice yoga, you can definitely see how um, how practicing yoga, which is a form of meditation, mm-hmm. um, has a huge effect depending on what time of day you practice it. Um, so I love that. And I definitely want to incorporate closing my mind up twice a day. And I don't want to be one of those people because so many clients I talk to, I you know my first step. With working with any clients is the mental aspect and meditation is one of those and i say okay well are you meditating and i say give me two minutes start with two minutes and they say, ah, oh, I just don't have time. I'm like, two minutes? Like, what do you do for two minutes? You sit on the toilet longer than that. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you need to meditate on the toilet, just sit there. Close the door. No one can bother you in the bathroom. If you need to go sit in the corner of the shower and meditate, do, do it. it. <laughs> like, give yourself some time. Um, it's it's a form of self-respect, and it sets you up for everything. Um, so with that, with the meditation, um let's take that further on with your line of work um actually you know what let's take the meditation on the aspect of your athleticism because we all know um when you're racing when you're training it's a lot of mental talk jargon there's a lot of shit that goes through your head i want to stop or um you know like you can't do this and you have to retrain that brain which I tell my clients, let's retrain your brain, let's master your mindset. Um, what what are your mantras? So meditatively talking when you're training for a long run, what are your mantras?
1: Yeah, so I start, and I guess we'll talk and specify it more towards like training for an ultra or a long race. But I guess you can transpose that into any sort of training, um, especially because you know hundred mile race, I'm on the mountains for you know thirty. 32 hours nonstop. So it's like, obviously it's mainly mental toughness, mental awareness, and you know the mental challenge is just absolutely grueling. And I really prepare that. And you can say mindfulness meditation, but for me, I just label it visualization. So closing my eyes and visualizing me performing, running those long hours constantly over and over again, training for that race, whether that's, you know, doing sprints, heavy lifting, power lifting, and uh, I kind of split up my training in multiple ways. I don't really go out there and just run every single day at all, really, just because I want to save my knees and ankles and I'm on my feet all day with, you know, clients, executives, training people. But um, for me, it's really digging into the visualization and seeing myself achieve the goals I want and achieve the actual race going through the mountains so I'll look at you know if it's a hundred mile race I'll look at the map I'll look at what stops for aid stations whatever it may be and you know I'll kinda roughly on paper get a game plan out pretty quick and then constantly you know two weeks before every night I'll just visualize myself running through the mountains running and achieving and finishing that race cuz you know I think it's uh, on average 50, 60% of people don't finish it. So just finishing something like that for me is a really big accomplishment, right? So making sure I have the mental toughness to get through those tough times. And there's some benchmark miles that have just roughly always been tough to get through where my body shuts down. I can't move. I turn into a zombie and that's Mm -hmm. just natural for uh, something like that. But in regards to like a mantra and really getting deep into my premeditative state for some race like that is this really building and growing from that experience. So just telling myself that I can achieve and do anything pretty, pretty simple mantras is nothing too crazy, but it's almost like I, uh, not forcing myself, but telling my mind that I can be above and beyond myself and be greater than myself and that's what I try and do with my clients and through my programs is being the best version of yourself being greater what you think you can do and that's what I really instill in my mind during those races like no matter what pain no matter what you're thinking at that point in time you're better than that
0: yeah much better than that it's like your your own don't know
1: be your own
0: guru be your own guru but be your own support system Mm -hmm. um it's like no one can help you through any life journey it's so running an ultra is like kind of like a life journey in a way okay bear with me it's kind of like a life journey it's like uh no one can run the race for you no one can Mm -hmm. um Therefore, in life, no one really can help you accomplish your goals or your needs or your desires except you. And it all starts with your mind. And it all starts with um, kind of, in a way, faking it until you make it. Like, um, you know, some days I wake up in the morning and I'm going for the run. and And I was telling Tommy, I'm trying to build up the mm-hmm. mileage again. You know, I did marathons and... And I want to do a half marathon and stuff, and I'm like, I know I can do it. I just need to tell myself, keep going. And it's it is that little fake it till you make it of I feel great, I can do this. You know, there is a fine line of um, pain and being uncomfortable um, when training. So um, how do you how do you not overtrain for an ultra because? Um, because you know there are moments where your knees your ankles are yeah. screaming at you from training. Uh what what's your what's your fine line when you say I need well, to stop? I need to my take My big a break. secret
1: is I don't really train for the ultras. I just I go out and do Yeah.
0: I just I can't like I know like I know, I know and it's the been the whole time like
1: I don't really run, I, I'll do like maybe like one or two big runs like a 10 15 mile or maybe a 20 mile run before a race but that's then, it. But I mean I'm race. on my feet all day and I do powerlifting I do uh, a lot of core mobility stability type training a lot of like footwork um, balancing structuring type of movements Um, so I just make sure my body is in tune it's alkaline I don't have inflammation in my body Mm -hmm. so I'll go vegan a week or two prior to a race just more really strict um, and we can go into diet stuff later Mm -hmm. but just reducing the inflammation having the right mindset Obviously, you need the physical capabilities. If I don't think I wasn't able to do a race, I wouldn't do it. Um, but I know, just physically strong, I can achieve anything. Mm-hmm. Combined with your mental attitude, um, I do want to start training a little bit more on a professional level, just so I can. My goal is to get into a top ten for a race. Um, I've completed all of them. You know, I've done fifties, hundred k, hundred mile races, but I want to. Uh, on a more competition professional level in regards to you know kind of finishing top 10 but the all the race i've done i haven't really prepared for them which i typically pay the price after when you can't walk for yeah you know two three days but i know i recover really well um as long as i'm taking care of my body so it's really starts with taking care of your body first and your Mm -hmm. mind and then making sure you're in the right mindset and attitude for those race but it also, in regards to, you know, recovery, it is important because I have a lot of um, athletes that I've trained and even, you know, weekend worries and people and they just want to go hard as they can every single day and it really affects them. Um, you know, it creeps up on them. They're not releasing their fascia and then that tightens up all sorts of ligaments and muscles and then what's that turn into? Their balance is not structured properly from the cranium down and something might be off and it turns into... I don't know, they might pop their Achilles or they might twist their knee. They're, you know, it all, all parts affect the whole essentially. So you really got to look all aspects of your health from nutrition, mindset, recovery, sleeping, um, preparing properly in regards to what are you training, how are you training, not overdoing it. And um, when it comes to, you know, saving your knees and feet for, those long races, that's always been important to me because that's my life too. Like I don't want to get injured per se just because I go out and want to go do a hundred mile race without preparing for it. So it's being, um, you know, mentally aware of what is, you know, lingering whether it's your feet or knees, in, in regards to making sure everything's intact. And if I feel like I have something off, and whether it's in my hips or my psoas, You know, I will go and seek the best professionals to get those Mm fixed prior or even after a race. I know I had a lingering issue with my right hip for like a year and I couldn't figure it out. It actually was due to an emotional stress that was affecting my psoas and then I had atrophy in my right hamstring. So when you looked at my thighs, my left was bigger than my right and it was over a course of a year And it was directly due to an emotional stress. And when I finally released that, it was like a month later and everything was back to normal. So So there's so many more things than like just saying, oh, just training or recovery. No,
0: it's so true. Emotional stress has like everything to do with how your body works. Um, I was actually telling my girlfriend just yesterday, she, she's like, my back never like gives out. You know, she plays volleyball. Um. And she, all of a sudden, she's like, I've been, you know, I think I I heard it doing the strength training workout, but we've been lifting so many, like, heavier weights. And I, well, girl, what's going on in your life? I know she has some stress going on in her personal life. And I said, I have this feeling, this inclination, ding, 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 that it's due to this. And she's like, well, I don't know. I think it is. That's like when people say, like, like, for instance, my stomach's been hurting for years, I've had indigestion, I've had whatever, and they're going through maybe a marriage problem, and then maybe they they release that marriage and they decide to part ways and suddenly they're cured. It's I'm the sure. same thing. Absolutely. So it does all start with the mind. But I do want to kind of take a, let's take a hop back um, because yeah, you're in this health and fitness world now, But you did mention you were in corporate for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. Um, You know, health and fitness and working out has always been pretty much your your goal. And, And even if it was seeking in kind of a mysterious way, you said you woke up as a child at five in the morning with your brother and trained and then always had it on the side, but never took the big leap. So you're in the corporate world. What was that corporate, corporate world? Woo, I can't even say mm-hmm. it. Go for it.
1: Yeah, it was just a really good job. I we went to Colgate University, so I had a really good network and connections. And I jumped into corporate real estate, mm. worked for a real estate investment trust, one of the biggest in the world at the time. And, you know, flew on private jets, handled multi million dollar shopping centers across the world. And we were an international company too. And it was a great learning experience, great business experience. But deep down inside, it wasn't my true passion. And I could still be in there making, you know, a lot of money, but I was essentially unhappy. Um, it was in the Midwest in Cleveland, so that alone, That's you hard. know, after <laughs> college no, in my twenties, you know, single guy living in Cleveland, uh, not completely passionate about what I was doing, and it took a toll on me, and it took a long time to really take the leap of quitting my job and it was one of the hardest best things I ever done. So I was in that realm for roughly four and a half plus years. And during that time, I, you know, was super passionate as always about health and fitness. All I do was read magazines Mm -hmm. and books about nutrition, working out, wellness. I trained people on the side on the weekends. I would have little groups. I would wake up at still four or five a.m. and work out before I went to work, sometimes after also. Uh, So it was always instilled to me, I always trained people, I always, you know, people would always in the corporate world, even the executives, the presidents ask me questions of how to work out, what to eat, I would eat at the best restaurants around the world. And I would always stick to the same, um, you know, dietary type of wellness mindset. And people would always ask me questions. And it was great teaching people how to live a healthy lifestyle and what to do. But I wasn't really... In the right, um, I guess uh, you know, atmosphere of where I wanted to be in regards to projecting my true self in that field, right? So I wasn't fully ingrained into it like I wanted to be. So eventually, I quit my job, and I still didn't know what to, um, kind of the path per se. You know, it's always about finding your path and you know following your heart in the direction you want to do. And sometimes it takes you know, the next day, sometimes it takes five years for me. Yeah. So then I moved down to Arizona when I quit my job and still, I didn't know how the direction I took. And it was a little bit in that realm of, you know, nutrition or kind of the food and wine. Cause I owned a important distribution company. But as soon as I got down there, I got into fitness even more and ran some gyms concurrently with, with the wine business. So I was like, I would say halfway there at yeah. the time. That's when I really started doing, uh, races and getting into the mountains also when i moved to arizona
0: we're in arizona scottsdale
1: scottsdale oh yeah.
0: cool wait but uh, so let me ask yeah, you about training because like it gets so hot there like in oh the yeah summer. i love running
1: in the summer it's it like 119 oh degrees oh my god oh, yeah, wait I so sweat. you sweat
0: Okay. Oh, my God. Are you, like, naturally a cool body, or are you a hot body? I, I mean, I do
1: everything. I, I like cold. I like hot. Whatever. Just <sighs> adapt to the surroundings.
0: I think my perfect running weather is, like, 63 degrees. And raining. Not raining. I love the rain. I but... like mist. A nice mist when it's, like, a little warm. Like, I remember, because I grew up in Kansas, oh, my gosh, the best was, like, running if you had a long run, and then either, A, hey, a sprinkler on the side of the road, or it's starting to like the nice summer rain, and you're just like, yes, thank God, mm-hmm. um, that's great, that's so fun. Um, but so no, there is a true a truth to the path of your life and the way that it happens. I mean, corporate real estate, you're making bank. Um, I know a lot of people in corporate right now that it's hard to step away from the dollar signs. It's really hard, but in turn. It's so sad that a lot of people like almost see that as having to give up their health, their mental health and their physical health. Of
1: health yeah. yes
0: and then then they're the waking
1: up and a dining and you're exactly. forced to eat and drink a certain way and networking and I get it like that's all part of it and it's really hard to stay on track. It's really hard. That's why you have to hire an accountability health coach like myself to get you on track and right. keep you, keep you um, intact and have a, the the benchmarks and create those habits. Right. And let's face it, it we all want to have fun. I mean, yeah, I'll go out and you know have fun one night, and maybe it's once a week for corporate people. But doing it every single night or three, four nights a week, constantly over and over again, that adds up really quick in it. Um, You know, it affects your longevity and your your health.
0: Well, and it comes down to asking yourself, what do you want your lifestyle to be? I mean, do you want... Because when you are whining and dining and all that jazz every single night, that's your lifestyle. That becomes your lifestyle. And when you can't wake up with a clear mind, clear thoughts, clear bodily systems, um, you're not going to perform your best, whether it's (laughs) mentally with yourself, giving yourself positive talk, or even if... It's in a relationship, being mindful of maybe your spouse or your significant other, um, being mindful and, and clear-minded, <laughs> just driving down the road. Yeah. You might have more road rage. Um, okay, so you're halfway there. You're in Arizona now. Um, it kind of sounds like my journey. Um, mm-hmm. Slowly make it out to the Mecca of California, which is synonymously known as like, you know,
1: the it spot. Tree,
0: tree huggers and yeah. vegans and you say you're going to get a green the juice mecca. and they're like, Cool, you know, um, you know, what facial cream are you using? Whatever. <laughs> uh what water do you drink? Um so you made it to California. I do drink the best water. Though, what do you drink? Mountain no. Spring? No. Raw Raw water?
1: Raw water from volcano tubes outside of Ben Oregon.
0: Wait what?
1: Yeah, I did. A, I uh, need this water. I did the first Wim Hof seminar over two years ago in the U.S. and I met some people there. It's called live live spring water, and the stuff is amazing. Delivered in glass bottles <gasps> to your doorstep. If no. anyone wants it, email me <laughs> or get in contact. It? We'll get it. I want. No, some. I don't sell it.
0: <gasps> Can I have a glass?
1: See you over there. I've some. got
0: I've got the Berkey right now. Oh,
1: nice. I've got the Berkey, Beautiful.
0: and it's got like the. The arsenic filter in there and the fluoride filter in there to get rid Beautiful. of all that. That's a great product, too. But I really... Yeah, this is raw. raw straight
1: water. from the lava, too. Straight into a glass bottle.
0: I'm trying some. I'm coming over. All the
1: microorganisms. Everything's intact. The the minerals, the vitamins from it are just profound. So I'm going to have you, a you whole podcast.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have a whole podcast about water. Because I did a blog post about it. And water is a big deal, especially... In everything and like the way your your organs perform and
1: Yeah, most people don't know. Look at your shower head. If you don't have a pure filter on it, getting out all the chlorine and the junk, guess what? It's getting absorbed to the largest organ in our body, our skin, directly on your scalp.
0: Exactly. I mean, people come on, guys. Oh jeez. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm just being honest. Yeah, right? Um <laughs> but the thing is and I'm a swimmer, so it's kind of like when you are um kind of grew up in the swimming pool and the chlorine, you kind of just like, eh, just rinse it off and go. Like I could swim in bleach as long as I'm swimming. You know, it's horrible. It sounds horrible, but it is so true. And on my blog, I did this whole, um, from the environmental working group of how you can look up what is in your tap water. And people are like, oh, it's fine. But then they ask me, how does your skin look so great? And I'm like, well guys, I drink, I drink good water I take care of myself it's all those things but it is a lot of the water because your water do you know how much I'm trying not to cuss here stuff is in your water um, from antibiotics to environmental toxins I mean you can smell in the ocean if you live by an ocean and you had a mudslide recently you can smell it anyway so beyond that you're in California you're drinking the good water the raw water how did you start out? I mean, because you weren't doing corporate when you got here. No. You... So
1: I ran a gym in Arizona called Amenzone, zone AMEN and they're in Canada now, but they started franchising awesome place. Very motivational. We give motivational talks after every class, um, pretty raw. We use tires and workout, a really cool, amazing facility in Arizona. So they started franchising. I ran a gym in old town Scottsdale, when I had my wine business too, so I kind of did both. And then they started franchising in California. The first location was in Manhattan Beach. Oh. Um, so I, and I, once again, concurrently, I sold my wine business and was like, cool, I'll move out to LA. So I moved out here and after like a month or two of it being open, I started running the gym. I just moved out here on a whim, didn't know anybody. And then mm-hmm. two years later, I took over the gym because um, the franchise owners didn't want to run it anymore. And I took it over with a partner. So that's where I am now. I've been here for over four years.
0: And so you renamed it at that point? Yeah,
1: renamed it, yeah.
0: Cool. Um. So I mean, you'd never been to Manhattan Beach before be- before just moving I was there. actually
1: a while ago in real estate. I was here uh, in California.
0: Okay, I was going to say, did you like when you got here and saw your first sunset, did you just drop to your knees, like lift your arms up and go, whoa?
1: yeah it's amazing
0: it's so beautiful and we're so fortunate and you know sorry guys that are stuck in ice and snow right now (laughs) but when you can have 365 days a year of pretty much phenomenal training weather
1: exactly and
0: it's pretty it's pretty phenomenal so um come visit guys come train with uh tommy um okay so so you're starting at the gym here, and then you start your own um, lifestyle um, coaching with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always kind of done that, right? But uh, taking on more executive clients, getting into more corporate field, I've done some, a lot of corporate wellness talks, mm-hmm. just implementing, you know, more or less teaching people great health habits that transition to better energy, better relationships better efficiency in the workforce. So really passionate about that, doing my local and online dedicated detox programming. So 28 day wellness program, instilling habits and being an accountability coach, which has been life changing for people. And the big the big thing with that is teaching people how to be healthy and continuing to after 20 days. It's not like a detox where you're taking a supplement for a week then uh-huh. it's like okay here you're you go done. go right back to normal it's about losing body fat increasing your metabolic rate and really learning what is efficient for your body right both from a mental physical and nutritional as- aspect
0: is it a custom plan per person no
1: it's not custom it's custom in the sense that it's uh it's an accountability a program i'm i'm teaching people Head to toe from mindfulness, nutrition. Well, workouts. accountability is yeah. custom because Absolutely.
0: they have to tap inward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, I because I run into this when I when I do with my clients, they so quickly want to give up and say, "I don't have time to do this today." I time, this. yeah, time, right? Time,
1: money, not for me.
0: Exactly. Um, but so your dedicated detox. Um, what's the first step in that
1: the first step is mindfulness yeah in the morning
0: okay so it's kinda i like guess before
1: that about. is fasting fasting leading into mindfulness okay,
0: okay so, so so fasting as in the sleep fast
1: uh no intermittent fasting so not taking a i like to call it more of a food break
0: right I was so gonna and ask it's, you it's a that.
1: progressive scale so starting off you know 13 14 hours and getting up to i like to have a uh, you know 16 hour food break and you're eating in the roughly eight hour window or so do you
0: do that from your sleep um into the morning last meal of the night last last meal of the night so you eat your last meal of the night probably like
1: seven eight sometimes nine depending on the day
0: okay cool and so then the next time you, it's like mid, almost midnight. I just
1: usually don't eat till noon.
0: Yeah, noon exactly. So. And what's your first meal after that? Because I mean, obviously you're drinking water, or do you have yeah water? I do. I,
1: I water, caffeine, or I do sometimes exogenous ketones. So getting my body in a ketosis type of uh, right. environment, so Got I can it. burn my own fat for fuel. Um, and then my first meal, you know, sometimes I do a coconut oil with. You know, coffee depends on really the day in my, in my mood, but usually it's coffee, coconut oil, or exogenous ketones. And my first meal of the day is um, sometimes a shake, um, use vegan protein, have superfood greens, maybe some avocado, coconut oil, use coconut um, milk. And then, or I'll do some really good farmer's organic eggs with uh, avocado Something like that. Pasture
0: raised only, right? Oh yeah. All right. Go to the Farmer's market. Um, because okay, so you're a smoothie guy, you're a shake guy. I have yeah, a lot know. of friends. I, for some reason, like I, I love sometimes to chew. I don't get
1: on them though. Sometimes like I get sick of them. I don't do a smoothie for two three months. But um, it's just really good insurance. Yeah. Especially when uh, you, you have trouble getting greens and the yeah. good, uh, you know, don't have plants, get the plants.
0: I'm literally like a rabbit. Like, I like to munch. Like, seriously, guys, I mean, if you could see me, like, this morning I had a bowl of steamed cabbage, steamed cauliflower with mm. lemons and citrus and moringa powder. You'd probably like, be like, what are you eating? and like (laughs) I had like ginger root I'm like this is so good and then you like put the sea salt on cabbage, right but you know what my mind is so clear when I do that and you probably find the same way when you have more greens in your diet especially in the morning first thing in the morning it's like a little ray of sunshine Um, guys try it for real Um, okay so so your dedicated detox, you're a, you're a human guinea pig for that. You live that every day because your dedicated yeah. detox is not just a detox. And when people think of detox, they think of like oh quick fix, but really kind of probably what I'm um, shooting out there is it's a lifestyle change. Hundred percent. It's a qu- it's a it's a jump start.
1: Yeah, it's something It's I I've lived my life this way for over ten years, so it's like I say, and when I you know when I'm selling people, on, it's like basically the last fifteen years of being in the health and wellness industry and instilling all the best habits that I've done and learned and I've instilled in my clients, my executives and corporations and putting it into a 28-day program so after the 28 days, you can live this lifestyle, be healthy, have fun, still drink wine, still enjoy yourself, but also be a fat-burning machine, have mental clarity, have great digestion, have reduced inflammation, reduced body fat. And be super healthy, and you've learned those steps to take and achieve that in twenty days.
0: So, okay, so I'm going to talk um, on the guy level because I know I have a lot of male clients and male friends that would probably want to know this. Um, so, weightlifting, great, you're going to burn, you're going to burn um, fat that way for a prolonged yeah, period of time. Sure. But um, I really want to tap into the diet as aspect um of training or just living because i I have to bite my tongue when i talk to people obviously i'm the just being honest girl but Mm -hmm. i have to really bite my tongue because you know some people were like yeah i went to the gym i did this 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 or i went to this workout class that workout class now i'm gonna go eat this and i'm like well that's not helping anything folks you know like um in regards to And I'm not even going to say recovery food because, you know, if you hear of people like Rich Roll, if you're familiar with him and and how he sometimes, you know, does three hour bike rides and doesn't eat right after, yeah, which, you know, I'm not, I'm not like advocating like anything like one way or the other because everyone has their own bodily needs, but, but really like some people will be like, yes, now I can go to Wendy's and you know, or wherever and get my French fries and stuff like that. no. Like, you don't work out to eat shit. A lot (laughs) of people do.
1: They work out to eat. Yeah. A lot of people do.
0: And, uh, you know, like... So, like, let's talk about... If you really want to be successful. Okay? I'm talking to you guys, the listeners out there. If you really want to be successful, you've got to make it a priority to not jump to the processed food after, to, um, you know, go... Pile on the Mm -hmm. dressings or... No sugar,
1: no processed foods. Yeah,
0: and it's not about saying, well, gosh, you have no fun in life. Because I've been told so many times, you have no fun with the stuff that you eat. But it's not true. It's um, add spices or find a substitute. Say you're going to Whole Foods, whatever grocery store, whatever market, farmer's market, whatever you're going to, um, you've got to find your... Your go to food that's gonna satiate you, but that's mm-hmm. also gonna, you know, do you well. And so, Absolutely. like, so what are you gonna tell my peeps out well, there? Well, the,
1: the number one problem is as a Western society, especially in the US, United States, we've developed taste buds of sugar and processed foods. And we've developed since an early age these inherited cravings of junk, right? Crap. Mm-hmm. So whether it's fast food, all the cookies and all the treats we just grow up on and people still do as adults, that's just parlaying over into unhealthy habits. Now people try to compensate that by what? Working out. Oh, I did a workout for an hour. Now I can continue eating all the junk. Or, oh, I ate too much junk last night so I have to work out hard tomorrow. Hear it all the time. I still hear it every day. But it really comes down to balance, right? Um, heck, um, so your hormones, your energy, and your cravings. And once they're in balance, you can get rid of you know those levels of sugars and wanting that stuff after a workout. And when you're in balance and you're in alignment and when you're alkaline, you can take that next step of figuring out what's healthy for you and how to create a healthy lifestyle, healthy nutrition plan, and really being creative in an aspect of wanting to learn those good things for you most of us just take the easy way out and they see that fast food or they see that you know i don't know they want that big mac or burger or fries because just because they know it's easy they know it tastes good they're used to it um they don't know that it's not nutritious there's no nutrient dense vitamins and minerals in those things they're just worried about you know their hunger and their cravings because the rest of their body's imbalanced so You really got to, maybe even detoxify yourself, right? Having, and I guess I'll I'll reverse and say it really goes back to having a clean gut because your gut, your gut and microorganisms, which are developed at an early age, are going to dictate your cravings, mentally and physically, what we want, right? Mm -hmm. So, we good?
0: Yeah, okay.
1: (laughs) So it's uh, you know. First, digging down into having good gut health, making sure that's intact, and then parlaying that into learning what your body needs for fuel, sticking with the fats, the proteins, the veggies uh, on a nutritious basis, staying away from processed foods, staying away from sugar. And really, you got to learn your own body because all of us, obviously, are different. We're all created Mm -hmm. um, unequal, per se. We're not created equal. So learning those essential... Nutrients that you need for post pre workout, um, and that whole thing of like, you know, needing forty grams of protein directly no. after work is all BS. You Everyone's don't need different. that at all, unless you're going to be a bodybuilder, and even bodybuilders don't even need that sometimes, depending on what they're trying to do. But really, setting a goal, setting an intention to where you want to go with your health, right? So if you're just working out, especially the guys out there, if you're like, oh, I want to get fit, okay. So what do you want to do with that? Do you want to have a six pack? Do you want to have an eight pack? Do you want to run a marathon? You know, really attaching goals to your lifestyle and health, and that will make you achieve and get to the place you want to be ten times better. Then it's my job and your job to say, okay, well you can't eat this way, or you're never going to get to the point you want to get to, and it's going to def- and it's going to affect every relationship in your life from yourself to your family, your friends, your work environment. Your relationship with food, whatever that may be at that current point in time, but uh, you know the first step is you know cleaning out your gut, having a direction of where you want to go, and really having goals attached to what you want to do. Right? I mean that's that's really important.
0: It's really um, eating for your outcome. Yeah. You know, um, I and you you I think you mentioned that before a big race you go vegan. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about this. So are you, you're racing plant-based?
1: For the most part, yeah, for sure. I mean, inflammation alone, I mean, you know, meat takes up to 72 hours to digest in your body. Wait,
0: say that again, really loud and clear.
1: Meat, red meat (laughs) takes 72 hours to digest. So any pork red meat takes 72 roughly hours to digest. So most Mm -hmm. people are putting meat on top of meat on top of meat. Mm -hmm. just causes inflammation in your body and your gut and your joints. Um, you know, same with chicken, even with fish, I'll just, I'll just get off of any, uh, you know, all that stuff before a race. Cause I know just naturally, I'm not saying my body, my body absorbs that really well. I've done all blood tests. My body does really well with red meat, with carbs, with everything, but I choose to live more of a fat based, plant based diet and incorporate those red meats and things when I need them, um.
0: When Instead I need them of... for,
1: re- I, essentially, sometimes I do need them for recovery and it depends on what I'm doing, but I know for a fact it causes inflammation. So I like to reduce all the inflammation in my body. Mm-hmm. When we're inflamed, that's when your body breeds diseases, right? So mm-hmm. as long as we're inflamed, then diseases can bre- breed in our body and our joints will hurt and all these arthritis pains and everything like that is, it's a direct, you know, correlation with inflammation. So I just like to be completely clean before a race or something like that.
0: I love that, yeah. Um, so I love that you said meat on meat on meat because um, I've seen many people do that. And then they're like, well, you know, I'm not meeting my health goals or this and that. Or maybe their goal is I want a six-pack yeah. um, or better calves or whatever. Um, and so you have um, – um, this whole thing about the abs because I, I saw on your website um, you have a core video. Oh, yeah, free core training video. Okay, so yes. w- let's let's talk about two things. Um, a, first, what is your ab food?
1: My ab food? Yes,
0: do you think there's a food that like literally helps... Um, helps The give... fountain
1: of youth? <laughs> yes,
0: give the abs.
1: Uh, yeah, making sure... I think it's... So when you're trying to get abs, I think you are just got to make sure... You know, it's, it's, there's so many ways you can look at it. I guess I'll go back to you got to reduce your body fat, right? So we all have abs. No matter how hard you train your abs, you're never going to see your abs unless you reduce your body fat, right? Right. It's just a layer of fat that's on top of your muscles um, underneath the derma, right? So how do we reduce that? It's really looking at where you're at, how you achieve um that caloric intake right it's pretty simple guys it's how many calories are you putting in versus how many calories are calories? you putting out and what calories right you want to be having a total junk food fest on a thousand calories and think you're going to look to rip so it's reducing not weight but reducing body fat and that's what I stress you know if you lose 10 pounds of fat versus two 10 pounds of weight that could be muscle that could be fat, like a water weight mixture of things, you're going to look, your body composition is going to be completely different. So like in my diet and where I live is doing a nice fast, so you give your digestive system a nice break and really having more fats, proteins and vegetables in a nice comprised meal, only eating to 70, 80% full. You don't want to be over full and having three meals a day. Now that's typically my lifestyle. That's what I incorporate to get, achieve a reduced body fat look and achieved um, desired physique. Um, there's another way you can look at it, which I've done before, also is having you know five, six meals a, a, a day, really, really small. And that's like think of a proportionate meals of proteins, fats, and veggies um, to like 60 to 70 percent full, and eating that five, six times a day, roughly. So your body is always constantly churning and it's feeding off itself to a degree throughout the entire day and your metabolism is just running. So there's kind of one or two, you know, there's a bunch of ways you can look at it depending on you know, the person's body type, how hard they're training. But I would say one of the number one things is working out and movement first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. That's
0: mm-hmm. one of the
1: best hacks to achieving your abs and i love sprints sprints has been like number one always so 30 minutes 20 30 minutes of sprints first thing in the morning on an empty stomach will get you ripped up
0: i i told you i think i'm just like i'm a slow twitch like I, yeah. I, you were like at that train, you're like, man, are you just like not into running today? I was like, well, I ran yesterday. I'm like, my hamstrings kill. I'm like, how, how can you retrain your, 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 your joints so you are like more into sprints? Because I think like I could go forever. Like, like running, like I really could probably go for yeah. a while, but and swimming, I can just go, go, go. I could swim the whole ocean, but sprinting, ugh, it's not my thing. I want to learn. Just
1: gotta make it your thing.
0: You just have to. Isn't it's all, it. isn't it? Yeah. Oh and the gosh. big thing with
1: the big thing with sprinting is recovery time. So making sure you take the proper rest when you are sprinting, it's huge. <sighs>
0: um. Okay. Cool. 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 So so we talked a little bit about the biohacking too. Um, and and we t- let us kind of jump into really quick, and then we'll yeah. we're gonna have to kind of tidy this talk up, or I could talk literally for a week straight straight with you. Um. So let's talk about who you've worked with. Um, you said you worked with Rebecca Sony and um, Maria Sharpova, yeah. who are bo- uh, both Manhattan Beach, uh, you know, South Bay locals. Um, what are some of the training techniques you work with them? I mean, they obviously have two different goals. You know, one being a tennis player, one being a swimmer. Um, although. Rebecca's kind of doing multi-sport. Yeah, and they're all
1: different, and they came to me specifically just to uh, learn some training. I've also had some NBA guys, Troy Murphy, a couple of Clippers. And, you know, people just come in and out, and it's and it's great, and it's fun. Uh, Maria was more boxing. She just wanted to learn how to box. Oh, cool. So we did a bunch of boxing sessions, and, you know, she knows a couple of people I know, and it was amazing, and her team came in. Um was in her documentary which is amazing really cool, cool. that's Rebe- fun yeah rebecca good friends with her she, she did some training uh she did a little boxing in the beginning but we do a lot of joint mobility work so a lot of ball movement and a lot of footwork and really structuring the core um, and expanding the core out in all um, extremities and really strengthening so that's that's like dynamic ball work i do with her um it's really fun awesome but yeah uh, caroline yeah. I trained with her before. She's amazing. And then uh, a lot a lot of the um, executives I train models in the area of boxing. So you know they you know, everyone's in and out. Mm-hmm. But really uh, I like working people on a high level so they can uh, parlay their health onto their employees or other people.
0: I love so. it. You're like the you ta- you start at the top of the pyramid and then they yeah. kind of like absorb it down. there. I had someone on the podcast and she did the same thing, but more with meditation. She starts with the executives and then they can kind of parlay it down to their employees. That's what we need. We need the people that are the advocates and that are the teachers. Um, okay. So we're going to, well, let me ask you one thing. Is there anything else you kind of want to shoot out there to the listeners? I mean, anything else you want to add that we didn't talk about? And then I'll ask you, um, a where we can find you and then one last question
1: one last question yes no i's uh i'd love to hear feedback and if like to help people out whether it's a charity speaking engagement um if there's anything in regards to wanting to learn more about optimizing your health and fitness through mindset nutrition working out um i would love to help you
0: that's all. Yay. Okay, wait. Hold on. I now mean, I have two more questions? Because people are going to want to know when they see your picture, they be like, "Man, this guy is, he is literally superhuman. He is like the face of like good health. Um, what's your like vice food?" And it
1: can, My vice food. Like like
0: something that you're like, oh, "I just got to have it." Like I don't I don't really see you like saying like I need a pint of ice cream.
1: Organic Fuji apple. With raw manchego cheese.
0: Oh, nice. Any sea salt on top of that?
1: Straight up, no sea salt. Oh, my God. That's Safe.
0: awesome. Fuji. And I
1: love dark chocolate, too.
0: Oh, what brand?
1: Um, There's a couple out there. I like the uh, Eco brand because it's just pure nice. organic. They have a Is super, it the raw? They have a super dark 90%. Oh, yes. Yeah.
0: That stuff will get you, like, totally and for high. Three,
1: and for $3.99 at uh, Whole Foods, it's really efficient and economical. Econo- economical I can't even say economical economical thank you <laughs> um yeah but the raw the raw chocolates mm. are amazing too
0: so but good. if
1: you're going through them every night you know yeah expensive um hey,
0: but it's worth it you're <laughs> totally not diving worth it. In your
1: yeah that's a, that's I guess that's my one thing is I never put a price tag on my health even at even in high school college like I never didn't buy something because I thought It was too expensive in regards to nutrition, putting Mm -hmm. it in my body. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about like crazy gym memberships, whatever it may be, but always organic or raw. Get seeking the highest quality, you know, grass fed meats. If I'm going to eat that going to farmer's market, but don't put a price tag on your health.
0: Okay. So my one last question, you may have just answered it, but you may have a different answer. What is your honest truth that has led you on a path to success in maintaining a healthy lifestyle?
1: Mm, What's your
0: honest truth?
1: Is waking up first thing in the morning and being true to myself and what's in my heart. I've been pulled and still get pulled in a million different directions. I can go a million different paths from relationships to work to health. I mean, there's so many people wanting you to try something, to sell something. There's people wanting to go here, or go there, but as long as you stay true in your heart to your self-love and what you want to do, what you want to achieve, especially in your health, when you put something in your mouth in your body, it'll tell you if it should be there or not. If you when you do something Your body will typically tell you if you're in the right place or not. You can feel it in your gut, and that old wise, you know, saying of, you know, go with what's in your gut and what you feel is true. And it goes to nutrition, working out, and your overall health and wellness too. It's like just make sure it feels right, and then just looking in the mirror, right? (laughs) And looking in the mirror, be naked. Look at oh, that's sorry. That's my other thing for sleeping. Yeah, naked sleeping. Ooh, I've really? just remembered that. But be naked in front of a mirror and just ask yourself, it doesn't matter how you look, if you're overweight, underweight, you have to be happy where you are and know that it does take time it takes time and consistency to where you want to be.
0: Nice. I love this. Yeah. I'm like totally absorbing it right now. Guys, you can follow this man like he seriously, you are the man. Um where can we follow you?
1: Instagram, Tommy Cassano. Okay. Website, Tommy Awesome. Facebook, Tommy Cassano. Do a lot of uh, live videos. But everything is Tommy Cassano on all Can social Can you just media say your aspects.
0: name again one more time?
1: Tommy Cassano.
0: Tommy Cassano. He's Italian. He is superhuman. Tommy, it was such a pleasure. I'm so grateful that Thank you were you on. Thank you so this. much. Seriously. Um, I will have guys in the show notes... Um, of Tommy's information Um, you'll definitely want to reach out to him ask him some questions um, get a session with him if you're in the area come box with him come run with him um, do some planks Um, I'll have all that in the show notes we would love for you to subscribe to us on I we're on iTunes um, under just being honest and uh, that's being without a G and um, also on simple cast so we'll have all that in the show notes comment please send us a rating how did you like this episode um ask tommy a question on those comments um we welcome your reviews and uh we can't wait to talk to you next time again tommy it was a pleasure thank you so much thank you and uh we'll talk to y'all next time i'm kb signing off and uh i was just being honest true food for thought folks stick with it talk to you soon. Bye.